Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There's a passage that the Lord has placed on my heart in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. As I have been reading and reflecting upon relevant biblical passages for this season of the year, this Lenten, this Easter season, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And as you have opportunity, I would like you to read all of the third chapter. But in this passage, we find these words. I'll read in the King James Version. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. I want to preach for a little while from this text and its larger context in the first epistle of John. The thought I lift before us today is the best is yet to come. Our lives often resemble a kind of roller coaster ride. Our lives have peaks and valleys. Ups and downs, there are the highs and lows. It's inevitable that these things occur. Whatever our struggle is today, I want you to know that the very essence of what it means to be a child of God, what it really means to be a Christian, is to live our lives regardless of where we find ourselves and what straits we find ourselves. To live our lives in such a way that we believe earnestly that the best is yet to come. John, who is an aged apostle at this time in his life, writes to the people of God in 1 John, 2nd and 3rd John. And in this particular epistle, he's writing to those who are discouraged by their own failures or by the failures of those around them. But his purpose is to encourage them, to encourage them that It is still true that no matter what they're going through, God has not 
left them alone. God is still a very present help in time of trouble. That he is there and he is still working in their lives so much so that it doth not yet appear what they shall be. I don't care who you are today, uh, what your status is in life, your best days, if you're a child of God, your best days and my best days and our best days are not behind us. And we've had some good days. I, I hope I'm not the only one that has some good days and just as I've had some bad days, but... <laughs> This text would suggest that the very best days are not behind us, but they are in front of us. Absolutely, positively love this time of the year, this seasonal time of the year when nature bursts forth with possibility, uh, when there are lilies budding and dandelions and the trees are awakening with a swagger that says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show of his handiwork. I love this season of the year. I, I believe it's captured by the title of, of the eminent New Testament scholar, the Anglican scholar N.T. Wright, who has a book and I just read it, read the cover again in my study. He calls it Surprised by Hope. There's a progressiveness that comes alive during the season, a positiveness as we look at nature, but as we celebrate Palm Sunday and, and Easter Sunday and every Bible I've ever opened, when, when you get to the point where Jesus is riding on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem, all the captions say, it does not say tragic entrance. All of them, without exception, says triumphal. He made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem, although he understood and knew very well the horrific sufferings that would wait for him on Calvary. But he knew that ultimately the best days were in front of him. The apostle is focusing the children of God on the interior of their faith, on the core of their faith. He's encouraging them with a message that not only is relevant for them, but is a message for the ages. A message that even now assures you and me that our best, no matter what you're going through, is yet to come. Uh, how is it and why is it can we take this position that our best is yet to come. Uh, what, what is it in the text that would validate and affirm that this is true? First of all, there is a provision. There is a provision that enables us. This passage opens with the words. I hope you see it in the text. What manner of love hath the Father bestowed on us? The word translated bestowed means to give freely we miss this in translation. It means to give freely, but it also, in terms of the tense of the verb, bestowed, it means that God has done something in the past. The benefits of, 
which and the consequences of perpetuate themselves into eternity. God doesn't give and take away tomorrow. The love he has for us, he gives and it keeps on giving. This is the biblical way of expressing a love that keeps on giving. It's no wonder that this same biblical writer, when he writes his gospel, and he's expressing this endowment, he's expressing this bestowal, he's expressing this reality, he says, for God so loved. Y'all know he doesn't just say God love. It seems like John is wrestling with the immensity of it. He's wrestling with the depth of it. He says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. On Palm Sunday. The sun rides triumphantly. Not tragically. Triumphantly into Jerusalem. On the back of a donkey. Not to be served. But to serve. And as Mark says. To give his life. A ransom for many. It's reported that Dr. Billy Graham in an unannounced visit went to see Jim Baker after he was convicted of the PTL scandal. Baker did not expect anyone to come see him. His life had bottomed out, literally. But here Dr. Graham comes to the prison and he's in the waiting room and Jim Baker comes out and he sees Dr. Graham and Billy runs over to hug him. And it's this endowment that he refers to. He says, Jimmy, I love you and God does too. No matter how much we've done. Yes! I wish I had somebody. To, yes, Jesus! Do I need to sing the song this morning? Yes, Jesus! loves me. There's a provision that enables us. There's a pedigree that ennobles us. A pedigree that ennobles us. In the second movement of the text, the second reality that assures us that the best is yet to come is that it says we're literally and twice in the text we hear this, we're the sons and the daughters of God. We are the children of God. We are referred to as the children of God. This ennobles us. And that word ennoble means to give title or rank to, to raise someone to the level of nobility. It ennobles us. We are the sons and daughters of God. We're somebody. This concept is anew in the writings of John, the apostle in the gospels in John chapter 1 verse 12 in the gospel of John, he said, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the children of God. There's a hymn that speaks to this royalty. The hymn that's wrote, I once was an outcast stranger on the earth, a sinner by choice, an alien by birth. But I've been adopted, my name written down, an heir to a mansion, a robe, and a crown. I'm a child. I'm a child of the king, a child of the king. With Jesus as my savior, I am 
a child of the king. Because I'm a child of the king, you're a child of the king. Our destiny is bound up in this pedigree. In the final book of the Bible, which is Revelation, which John also authored, in chapter 1, verse 6, he says, we are kings and priests. But I'm telling you here today that it's not personal, family, ethnic, racial, or even national pride that is the ultimate place to boast. While those things may have their place, ultimately, it's the reality. I'm somebody, not because my last name is Stubblefield, but because I'm a child. I'm a child of the king, and, and I've been washed in his blood. And he loved me so much, he died. It's interesting that of all the Psalms, and you know Jesus had a perfect knowledge of the Bible, of all the Psalms he could have quoted, when he was making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. One in particular, according to Matthew's account, was a frame of reference to validate the significance of his entry, and that was Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And he speaks in Matthew chapter 21 later about this dignity and destiny. He says, out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength. And you know how the psalm goes. It goes this way. It says, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visiteth him? John answers that question that David raised centuries before. What is man? What is woman in relationship with God? We are his children. We're his children. There ought to be a swagger. Because we are children of God. So there is a pedigree that ennobles us. The provision that enables us. But there's a process that engages us. There's a process that engages us. There is a third reality in this passage in looking at which is not as explicit as the others. It's more subtle, but it's there in the interior of verse 2. This is what he said. He says, it doth not yet. Not yet. Not yet is a reminder that there is a process. Not yet is a reminder that the Christian life is not just a destination. It's also a journey. Not yet. It's a reminder that it's not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. Not yet. What I want you to know today is this is not yet time. Sickness, disease, cancer, diabetes. Not yet. Leukemia, not yet. Gridlock. We, we live somewhere between now and then. Now see through a glass darkly. Then face to face. Gridlock in Congress, not yet. Sonomas and hurricanes, not yet. Drive-by shootings, rape, murder, molestation, not yet. This world is groaning and moaning in tribulation, not yet. 
insurance companies, hospitals, convalescent care, not yet. Meanness, envy, jealousy, and pride, not yet. It does not yet appear what we shall be. This is a season of not yet, and you're going to go through some things. Church I pastored in Kentucky, we had a number of the members, it was more of a rural congregation, but they grew tobacco for market. And I never worked in tobacco, knew very little about it, but I learned this much, that they don't harvest the tobacco in the field and take it immediately to the market. They had big barns that they would put the tobacco in. And they would heat up the barn. The purpose was to season the tobacco. To get it to a certain level of quality of Christmas. So they could take it to market. This process had a lot to do with the marketability of their crop. And so they did not take it lightly. Sometimes God put us in the fire. Some of us, we didn't really learn how to pray at church. Oh, we said prayers at the church, but it was in the fire. It was when God put us in his barn of affliction. And trouble began to weigh down on us that we learned how to pray. So I'm telling you now, there is a process. When my mind looked back, I'm so glad of some of the difficult things I've gone through. Because it was in the midst of the struggle that I learned that can't nobody do you like the Lord. Andre Crouch had it right through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend on his word. Well, I hope you see these first three things. There's a provision that enriches us. There's a pedigree that ennobles us. And there's a process that engages us. But lest I keep you too long, there's a prospect that encourages us. I took a little while to get to this part of the text because this is the gravy in the text. What it says is it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when Lord comes back, we're going to be like him. There's a prospect that encourages us. I know you heard James Cleveland say that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. But did you hear Sam Cook say uh, there's a change uh, that's going to come? Uh, do I have a witness? Uh, but I was reading what Sam sang about back in 1964 after he said I was born by a river in a little tent. Uh, he went on to say it's been too hard living uh, and I'm afraid to die. I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. I said to 
this morning, Sam, you got to check it right now because I'm not afraid. Uh, I know who got me. Uh, I know who holds me. Uh, I know my best days uh, are yet to come. Uh, I know he's able and I know if I have to walk uh, through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, he will uh, be with me. Uh, I had to say, Sam, uh, I know a change uh, is going to come. Not like you talking about, uh, but it does not yet appear uh, what I shall be. I said, Sam, you ought to hear what the word of God says that that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and neither hath it entered into the hearts of men. What the Lord hath prepared. I said, come on, Sam. I had a little conversation with him earlier this morning. I said, why didn't you say in my father's house are many mansions? If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm so glad he rode into Jerusalem. It wasn't tragic. It was triumphant because a few days later he let them stretch him wide and drop him low and hang him high. You know what he said. He said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down that I might pick it up. And he died. Yes, he did. He died. I'm so glad he did. Put him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. But the best is yet to come. Early uh, Sunday morning. Early uh, Sunday morning. Early uh, Sunday morning. He got up. uh, And guess what? Uh, He got up. Uh, I can get up. uh, Because Paul said, uh, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. uh, But in a moment, uh, in a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ, uh, they shall be raised. uh, And mortality uh, shall put on immortality. No more hospitals. uh, No more diabetes. uh, No more heart attacks. uh, No more strokes. uh, No more drive-bys. No more violence. uh, No more murder. My best days are not behind me, but my best days are in front of me. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. I don't know what you're going through, but hold on, child of God. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. He is the water of life. He is the resurrection. He is a bridge over troubled water. He is a doctor and a lawyer. He is my way maker. He is my heavy load bearer. He is a mind fixer. He is a heart regulator. Our best days are not behind us. Days are in front of us, so come on, child of God, walk with me. Is he able? 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 Does not yet appear.
You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.